Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Welcome to Draft Sickos, the show where we talk about everybody from the biggest stars to the deepest sleepers. I'm your host, Maxwell Baumbach, joined by this week's special guest star of the show. He is uh, the host of the Roster Reconstruction Podcast with Swish Theory, as well as the Round Ball Ramble with Sports Ethos. He is Corbin Ford. Corbin, how are you doing tonight? I'm muted. <laughs> So I mute myself. I love that. So thank you. This, it's a classic, Maxwell. But I'm doing great. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited. A little too nervous, as you can see. But happy to be on here. As I feel like the radio calling. I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. That, that sort of thing. Sure. That, that's me with uh, with uh, no ceilings. Yeah, we're we're glad to have you here. Anytime, like anytime we need fill-ins and stuff like that, we always keep like a running list in our Slack of like who are the people that we want to have. And you were always the guy that's on there. So we're we're glad to finally. Link it up, make it happen, have you on one of our podcasts. So we are going to kick it right off with the winners of the week. So this week, the first guy that, that we both kind of mentioned, that, like when we were collaborating, putting this together, was Jared McCain from Duke. So Jared McCain, uh, has been he, he had a rough one the other day, but he's been on like a real hot streak otherwise. So uh, dropped 21 points on 11 shots against Baylor, 24 points against Queens. So like Queens is one of those teams that like, New to Division One, uh, you know, not a great record, but like they sneaky like have some guys, especially at the guard spots. So maybe one of those games it's a little bit better than than people might realize as far as having a good game against a team like that. Uh, and then 18 points against Syracuse. He has really sort of started to build a 2024 case for himself. I think he was one of those guys where Coming to the year, some people had him top 60. Some people that really liked him had him top 30. And then he went, he went quiet for a little bit. But with these freshmen, you never know. Sometimes they get hot. They put it together later in the year. He's now really kind of cooking. And I think even in a class with so many small guards, because of his dynamism as a scorer uh, and just how efficient he's been, I, I think he's really in that conversation especially because he's got, he's got a more athletic build than a lot of other guards where where were you with jared mccain coming into the season and how has this recent stretch changed your opinion if if at all 
Yeah, no, it's definitely helped. It has definitely helped. He was somebody that was in, I mean, I've, this is the first, I want to say, the well, second full year I've really gone full 60 and trying to, like, find where, you know, to piece players together. Um, mm-hmm. He was definitely in that middle of the second round, I want to say, um, at my initial one, just because I'd heard about him. I did some reading, and I was like, you know what? I can see him at the place in the league, boom. But mm-hmm. he's been on a heater, man. And what I love yeah. about him is, like, he knows his role. I think so many players yep. um, in this draft, in, in this draft class in general, you know, it's like, hey, if they come in, like, what role will they fit? Like, ideally, if you could sell a team on, we'll talk about Rob Dillingham and like whether mm-hmm. his scoring outweighs his defensive, you know, inadequacies, whatever the case may be, then this can be a good fit. But I feel like with McCain, it's it's he's found a role where it's okay. He's a score, you know, like he's gonna yep. come in, you know. He's going to shoot the ball really well. Um, he's going to give you energy on defense. He's going to bring you passion, at least. Like, he's a guy who can slot in at 6'3", definitely, like you said, more of a, of a scorer than somebody who's passing the ball. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, up until, what, his most recent game, he's been really hot. But you can come in and say, hey, this guy's going to come space the floor for you, maybe get buckets off the bench, whatever the role is. It's definitely more in that scoring area. But mm-hmm. it's at least a defined role for him. And so I've been a bigger fan of him. Yeah. He's definitely moved up as someone who – you know, especially with some offensive creation that I didn't know that he was kind of flashed a little bit here and there that I wasn't quite sure of. Um, mm-hmm. He's definitely moved up on my board for sure. That's, yeah, in the creation that you touch on toward the end, I think it's like a real thing that doesn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet for him. Because I think a lot of times, if if you are coming in from the outside and you're just starting to get in the draft and you see, okay, here's Jared McCain. He's a 6'2", 6'3", guard from Duke. All right, I love the efficiency, right? Like that's going to be the first thing that pops on paper. He's scoring 12 points a game. 45, 43.8, 90.5 splits. Like, very, very efficient score. But where people might get a little bit scared off is, is the 1.8 assists per game, the 11.5 assist rate, which is really low for a guard. But I do think context matters quite a bit there. This is a really guard-heavy team. You've got Tyrese Proctor. You've got Caleb Foster. You've got Kyle Filipowski kind of growing as a passer for others. I've always thought Mark Mitchell's a really underrated passer and decision maker. So, like, his playmaking opportunity isn't very big and i think he's doing a really good job of like leveraging his gravity as a scorer and he doesn't always get rewarded for it but this is a guy who like he knows when he uses his fake and gets by his man and gets to the elbow and help comes over he knows where that help's coming from he's ready to hit the open man i think he's a lot savvier than the numbers probably indicate and this is like i recognize how old man of a take this is but like (laughs) Jared McCain, he just like plays like a winner. You know what I mean? Like he has that fire, that competitiveness, that swagger to him where I think even with like the slower start, like I don't think you can shake that kid. Like I think I think he's really confident. I don't think he's going to get down on himself. And I think when you are entering the NBA and you're going to face like setbacks and, me- and obstacles and mental challenges, like he just seems like somebody who's kind of cut from the cloth that that's not going to shake him too much. And I think having that short memory and being able to respond in that way. And again, like we're going to talk about a lot of the same stuff with Rob Dillingham. Like, I think that's a really good trait. I think it's something that gets overlooked, especially with guards a lot of the time. Um, we'll, we'll talk about this a bit, a little bit later too, but with smaller guards, kind of, I guess, falling out of favor, falling out of style. Do you worry about that with Jared McCain? Or do you kind of see him as like, look, he's got a strong body and the role is he's such a good shooter that maybe some of those concerns aren't as big of a deal for him is they would be like a, a less athletic non non-scoring guard. Yeah, I definitely lean toward the latter there. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. his frame, he's strong, you know, he's solid. Like, I think he'll hold yep. up pretty well. And that shot, I mean, the shooting, you know, we're in the, the league mm-hmm. value shooting now more than probably ever before, right? Um, and you're right, yeah. like 
guards, I think undersized guards have gotten a knock, but in my, from the, the rudimentary research I've done, I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of these guards who aren't really good scorers or aren't really good shooters yeah. rather. And yeah. so then it's like, okay. Especially, yeah. Yeah. So then it's okay. Well, like you got to the rim at ease in college. That's great. All well and good. Now we're in a different level. It's a little harder. And your jump shot, which was iffy in college has not gotten better. Like I feel like the jump shot is a big swing factor and he has mm-hmm. that in space, right? He's somebody, I think, shooting the three ball well, very good for mid-range. And even better, we talked about self-creation. He's good at getting creation into the mid-range. Like, he's good at getting to a shot. Very good. And so I think that that's a skill you – I mean, I want to say you can't teach per se, but it's a skill that is in short variety among certain smaller guards um, coming in, I would say. So I definitely feel high about that. At the very least, if you can space the floor, I think you're good. Like, you can make a simple pass. Mm -hmm. That's great. Like, you're right. Not really – advanced reads per se but you know take advantage of a closeout you know run a pick and roll you know find the open guy off of a short short corner like that type of stuff you can do that and you know attack a closeout real quick and your gravity just opens up so much on the floor anyway that works like yeah maybe you're more of the combo guard than like you know due to his size than like your standard shooting guard and he's definitely not a point guard as of right now but i definitely think there's a role for him even on a team like i mean the pelicans employ those guards all the time right look at season for sure yeah jordan hawk is like he's kind of they're they're more combo guards. They they kind of handle mm-hmm. the ball, but so yeah, I definitely feel um really solid about uh, McCain's ability at the next level. You know, again on a team where his role is defined, like you can just come in there and do your job for sure. And I like I've been kind of thinking about him in the vein of like guards who've stuck that weren't the most like vertically explosive, but could really shoot it. And I feel like that is a type of guard that has a much better success rate. Like I statistically, mm-hmm. he's pretty similar to where Peyton Pritchard was during his mm. final college season where like he's not the biggest rim pressure guy and like became struggles as a finisher, but it's worth noting that he's obviously younger than Peyton Pritchard was in his final pre-draft season. But even like a guy like Devonte Graham is a guy who's like carved out a long role and I, th- I a long-term role. And I think he's probably got a little bit more like mid-range kind of self-creation sauce than a guy like Devonte Graham Agreed. does where it's just more of a shooter. Like I, th- I think he's going to make it like he, he's a guy that I, I probably sagged down a little bit too much on my last board, but the more I think about it, it's like, yeah, maybe he's not like a superstar, but like this is a guy who I think is going to play in the NBA. Like I, I, I think he's really started to make his mark. No, absolutely. Um, and with performances like this, even all the better for it, right? <laughs> for sure, absolutely. So let's get into uh, Tajin Salon, who is really kind of having himself a, a run as well. So he is playing for uh, Chalet in France, and he's really, really hot right now. So he struggled out of the gate. And me and Steven talked about him earlier in the year. And like through the first couple of games, he was like 30 something percent from the field, like 23% from three. And he was one of those guys that just like you watch it and you're like, I don't think he's that bad. Like, I don't think he, I think he's better than the numbers suggest. And now he is really on a run. He's 42% from the field, 38% from three uh, and 76% from the free throw line. Sana is uh, 18 years old. So he's not going to turn 19 until shortly after the draft. Six foot nine, listed at 203 pounds really bouncy, really athletic. Um, and the reason we wanted to bring him up is because he has been filling out his frame nicely. So I think body wise, like he's in a much better place than he was even coming into the season. And he has been rocketed up to number six on ESPN's most recent board. So it seems pretty obvious that like teams are really starting to buy into Salon. Um, over his last couple of games, he's got a 24 point outing a 13, an 18, an 8, a 14, and a 6. Like, he's just, like, really started to put up the numbers as a scorer. 
Um, jumper looks a lot better. I thought there was some wonky energy transfer stuff with it, but the top of it always looked really good. And now that's a lot more consistent. Um, initial impressions for you of, of Salon and, and what are you kind of seeing with his game? Yeah, I, I like Salon. I think a lot of it for me was putting it all together because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, he really does have, I mean, at 6'9", I think still probably going to be 6'10", like still growing, I would imagine, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, only 18 and, and having not played basketball as long as some of the other guys in this class, right? Um, mm-hmm. But for me, it was the fact that he is explosive. He is super athletic. And again, his jump shot, another swing skill for me. But in the mid-range, I thought he was pretty decent. You know, yep. at least getting there. I thought he had a variety of moves as far as scoring down there that was really nice. And mm-hmm. the self-creation. And, and not even that, but just what he can be potentially as a facilitator at that size. You know, like, yes, if you yeah. can leverage the scoring there better. But I definitely wanted to get your thoughts on that because I think that that's the thing that exists and the potential is very much there. So I think, yeah, I think that's where, like, I have a, a harder time with him. So mm. I... I, I think like the framework here is obviously awesome. Like I think he's six foot nine. I really do buy the shot. Um, I think there is a very clear role that he can play. Cause he's, he's a really high work rate guy. Like he's always moving around. Like he's running around, he's moving into a shot. He's screening, he's cutting. Um, so, so obviously much different sizes, but a guy like Oche Agbaji was the guy at Kansas where it's like, this guy can definitely shoot. He's definitely an athlete and he can definitely be a lob target and i was salon i look at him and i'm like all right well he's six foot nine so like he can probably do that offensive role if nothing else i think you were spot on with some of the self-creation stuff it's nasty like he is putting guys on skates like he's hitting step backs like it's it's not a all the time thing just yet but it's like for a guy who's 18 and six foot nine to be doing this sort of thing and like you mentioned later to the game like i i love to see that out of him I want to see the passing come along a lot more. And I think I'm worried just more about the connective elements of his game. Just because I don't, I don't think he looks to pass enough. And I, but I think to your point, um, I think about where a guy like Kyle Kuzma was coming out of college. Where he was the guy who could do a little bit of that stuff. And then slowly the gears start to turn and he starts to understand, okay, well, here's how the defense responds when I do these things. And here's how I can capitalize off of it. I think that's a, like a real possibility within Salon's game because I don't know, guys that can dribble like that. I feel like it's a much it's a much easier process than like a guy who can't do anything with the ball, like suddenly mm-hmm. becoming a creator. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think it's I do think it's a real path for him. Um, I kind of worry about the defense weirdly. Like I, I think he'll get to a point where he's acceptable. I I think the defensive tape right now is pretty bad. Like he's so athletic and he doesn't block a lot of shots. He's really good at using his length to like create steals and stuff like that off the ball, like good in passing lanes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm always kind of astounded by how hard of a time he has containing the ball. Like his stance isn't very good. His hips look like weirdly stiff. Like he has kind of a hard time staying in front for a guy with his Mm -hmm. measurables. Do you see that coming around? Or do you like, do you think that he's more of just like a vertical athlete and maybe the lateral stuff is a problem? Or do you think that's just a kid who's 18 years old and probably hasn't really been honed in on much on that side? I think it's a mix. I think it's a mix because for me, I definitely like the first thing I thought is, okay, like vertically, you're right. Like you with as athletic as you are, I would expect to be more of a force on that end or potentially not even a force, but just flashing some more of that. But I looked to just want him to be stronger, like stronger. And and, and the footwork were things I was thinking of because you're right. The hips, 
I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Shakira. Hips don't lie. His, his lips, his hips are saying some things. I don't know if they, what they're saying the right thing or defensively. Right. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, it isn't, I mean, it's as graceful and as fluid as he's an offensive end. I don't think he's learned to harness those athletic gifts that he uses on that end to the defensive side. Completely. But I feel agree. like he can. I feel like he is young enough yeah. and those things can come together, but they haven't yet. And some players, it does happen. And some, it never does. You look at players. I mean, I think of a few of them, like, Okay, you offensively you're great, and you've always had the defensive tools. But why are you not a more a better defensive player? Yeah. So he falls like he could be in there, but I'm willing mm-hmm. to bet on his upside because he is so young. They potentially at least gets one of those two things together: size, okay. strength, not size, strength or vertical defense. Yeah, yeah. I'm. That's where I'm kind of with you. I think, and, and I think he's like a tricky guy to project because, like, on paper, like I said, like I just I think when you were that tall and you can shoot and finish above the rim, like it's almost hard not to just keep getting opportunities. Like even if he's a guy that struggles out of the gate or has a rough time on his first contract, like someone's going to take another bite at that apple. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I I'm kind of with you. I think like, especially in a class like this, do I wish he was a better connected player? Do I wish he did more on the glass? Do I wish the defense was further along? I do. Um, but I, I also kind of think he's just like worth a lottery range pick at worst by virtue of having the stuff that he has at his age. Oh, yeah. Just on the upside play alone, like you said, he's mm-hmm. a guy – I don't want to compare him to this guy exactly, but I felt the same way about like a Gigi Jackson. Sure. In the sense yeah. of like, like just in the potential of what he could – and maybe he puts together mm-hmm. and maybe he doesn't, and they're not yeah. all the same players. I'm just saying the same type of idea of like mm-hmm. a young player – still putting things together, but you take the chance because he does have this tantalizing potential that he can even harness a bit of it is at least a serviceable mm-hmm. NBA player. Exactly. And like, I was, I, so it's funny. I, I ended up scrapping it, but like start part of what I wrote for like, what it was initially going to be the lead into my column this week is like the draft is about hitting and finding value and like finding guys that will be tough to trade for or acquire in free agency later on. Mm-hmm. And like, if salon hits, that's what he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I think just from a draft philosophy standpoint, that's definitely a guy that the teams would, would be wise to take that. I out. like that for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. We will be back and talk about uh, some guys that we've been kind of focusing on, uh, starting with Rob Dillingham. So stick with us. We'll be right back on the other side. All right. So you mentioned uh, Rob Dillingham. Is a guy I know that Coach Theory, you guys are, are putting together a big project. I believe it's it's is it a, a board or a mock that you guys are, are putting together right now? Um, I think it's it's a mo- it's a board. It's a board from what I remember because we all were picking players. Um, that we we did a consensus mock, very much like y'all do, and and kind of got mm-hmm. them together and then yep. picked players to talk about. So I'm 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 high on Dillingham. So I'm glad when you brought it up and I was like mm-hmm. Rob, and you were like, yeah, we could do that. I'm like, mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. go. It's 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 been too long since we talked about it on our show, and I would encourage everybody too to keep an eye out for that. From Switch Theory, uh, put out some like really awesome boards last year. A uh, lot of people that do great work in in I, I was gonna say the draft space, but really kind of every space. Like there's a little bit of everything over there now, so definitely go check that out. The, the Finding a Role series has been something I've really enjoyed this year. Uh, lots of good work over at Switch yeah. Theory, so so keep an eye out for for everything in general over there, but especially the big board project. Uh, so you mentioned that Rob Dillingham was one of the guys that you're focusing on for that. Uh, give us kind of your your take on Rob Dillingham, because like 
first off, I got to eat a lot of crow. Like when we were doing like the preseason podcast on him, I didn't think he was good. I, I, it's funny. I talked to two different people at Swish before the year. I was like, who are guys that you're high and low on? And like, I was like, I'm low on Rob Dillingham. Like I was just straight up like, that's the guy that I'm low on. And like, man, I could not have been more wrong. I've, I've loved the work he's done this year, but, but kind of take us through why you're so excited about him as a, as a draft prospect, 16 yeah. guard out of Kentucky. Oh, absolutely. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm very much like you. I wasn't as loud and proud about my um, questioning of Dillingham, but I really mm-hmm. was, especially out of OT. I was like, is he really a good guard? And didn't mean that disrespectfully, or is he more of a product of the type of play that OTE, OTE has, right? Which is a lot of up and down. Like, yeah, I mean, I think I'd look half decent, just being funny, in a scenario like that. So I wanted to see how much that was going to translate into Kentucky. And he's been a reliable on-ball creator, a, a, a three-level score, like, legit and i would say a premier mm-hmm. offensive talent for them um and yeah. what's gotten me yes his scoring is amazing like his shiftiness his speed his ability um to kind of change direction navigate and downhill attacks has been really good mm-hmm. but i think it's in combination with the shooting he leverages his speed and shiftiness getting to the basket with the fact that he has an amazing floater package the fact that he can shoot the ball from mid-range the fact that he's drilling it from deep like it's hard to stop him at any level, especially when he's really getting cooking. And I've loved his ability to um, shoot the ball, not only from range, but also from movement off the screens, you know, able to do that. And that works at all levels. And I've loved that. But I think as much as I love the scoring, he's my type of guy from a scoring perspective. Um, those, those small scoring guards, I have a Titan mm-hmm. for that. But what <laughs> I've loved is his passing, which yes. I definitely was sleeping on like uh-huh. his passing is is extremely high level some of the reads he's able to make and that's one thing i i noticed and, and when i did my write-up i was saying is like for a player whose floor game was kind of questioned coming into college it has really stood out um and i've loved the fact that he's been able to make adept passes from basically any offensive situation you know whether that is you know from the pick and roll or if it is skip passes um to the corner on the move whatever the case may be like that has increased his versatility from an offensive perspective because he can you could reasonably slide him in you know in my mind at the next level at, at, at point guard yeah and get away with that maybe not full time yeah. I feel like he's more of a combo guard but he actually fits that combo guard spot to me yeah I I like legit think he's a point guard like I I mm. I really buy the passing um. I mean, you talked about the separation and the speed and like that is just what makes him so special when you have that kind of touch. So mm-hmm. I, man, there's just so much I want to get into of like why people should be excited about him. So uh, yeah, 13.7 points per game, 46% from the field, over 41% from three on good volume, 77% from the free throw line. Um, he is exceptional at creating space. And I think mm-hmm. what, differentiates him from a lot of young players that can create space because there's a lot of guards that can score and have these like side steps and step backs and dribble moves and combinations to to get themselves space whether it's north south east west whatever mm-hmm. um is i think rob is a little bit more methodical and clever than he gets credit for especially with how he uses ball screens like mm-hmm. he will toy with guys he will reuse screens he will reject screens like he's unpredictable in a more polished way and i think it almost gets overlooked because people are just like oh man he makes cool shots and i think when when guys make cool shots sometimes the rest of their game can get overlooked and i think the like, process I of just, that yeah yeah i think he's way more intelligent is like an on-ball creator than he gets credit for and yeah like you mentioned the passing is really good he's really sharp he sees things quickly he can really whip the ball to guys too which is something i always value a lot when it's you see the read and the ball is just there uh there's always enough zip on his passes 
Um, a guy who's rebounding better than you would think. Like he, he has like a rebound defensive rebound rate over 14, which like just kind of a good, good sign. Um, the side. So I, I think he's been a little better defensively than I thought. Like the speed helps for sure. Um, ability to read the floor helps. Um, what do you make of the concerns about his defense and his size? Um, because it's something that I kind of go back and forth on where, yes, he is very small and, and yes, he doesn't have a lot of length. Um, but if nothing else, guys like Ish Smith have carved out really long NBA careers and keep getting opportunities. A guy like Dennis Schroeder is a guy who's really small. That's had a, had a good career. And I just think he's coming in with so much more polish than a guy like Kira Lewis that I don't see him like struggling to catch on. And that's yeah. so what do you make of the, the defensive concerns and are you worried about it? How worried are you about it? Like, cause I do think teams are going to isolate and haunt him. Like teams mismatch hunt, especially smaller guards more than ever. Like I, I think it will be a problem, but um, I, I don't think it stops him from having a long NBA career. I kind of hedge on that because I agree with you. Uh, that it, mm-hmm. I think he's definitely going to find a role. I, I think you take the, the chance regardless. I feel like he's more like defensively body type, maybe like Bones Highland type in my mind mm-hmm. than like 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 in terms of like body than maybe a like shooter. I feel like same side but long. You know, what I mean, like people discount. Yeah, just, yeah. Shooter's length is, is is different, right? For his size, I'm saying, and he was able to mm-hmm. make you know, like you said activity steals that sort of thing i almost want ish smith actually feels like a very good kind of comp in that way because i mm-hmm. wanted i mean my idea if he could get more and maybe it's nice body i'm not really sure i'm not that deep into like you know the scouting yet but like yeah that's yeah. on mm-hmm. yeah like i was totally like what kind of how much you know he can hold up in terms of girth because ideally you'd like his effort is great i love his effort i love his activity i think you know he he does generate a good amount of steals i think it's just his athleticism is somewhat negated on that end just because of his lack of height and 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 mass there defensively and it's not like a fred van vliet who's small but can kind of hold yeah. up in certain situations you know um you mm-hmm. don't really get that from from um doing him and so i do feel like yeah nba teams are definitely going to go after him on that end and is he going to do enough on one end to negate the other is he more Lou Williams in that way, you know? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, possibly, especially like you said, his passing mm-hmm. is, is is very good. Um, his scoring is great, and defensively he tries, and I think that's great, but uh, I do think that it's not even his fault, but yeah, it's going to mm-hmm. be an issue in my mind just because I don't know. It's it's a mix of both. Like, I think in some ways he can use his speed to kind of negate some of that. He can anticipate, you know, guard. I feel like guards who have good, well, for the most part, um, mm-hmm. on the offensive end who can see angles, can see passes and do that. Well, on the defensive side, they almost become cornerbacks because they can see it too mm-hmm. because they would do it, you know? And so yeah. in some cases, I definitely feel that that would work in Dillingham's favor. Um, but yeah, like a straight situation or, or a hunt down on a switch, um, yeah, all the effort, all the hustle. You're you're not going to be anything more than six two. You know, at this point in time, one seventy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think <laughs> that's going to be an issue. So I, I still think he'll find a role. I still feel confident about him in the league, obviously. But I'm not optimistic about his defensive upside. Um, at least at this moment, sure. that can change. So, so with Jared McCain, uh, let's circle back to him real quick. Like having that defensive mass, do you think the gap between them on boards? Like a lot of people still have McCain more second round, Dillingham like Lotto. Do you think maybe that gap is smaller than people think? And if so, do you think that's a feather in Jared McCain's hat? Or do you think that's like maybe the Dillingham defensive concerns are more severe and and Jared McCain also being a skilled shot maker, even if he's not as clever or shifty, maybe he should be more than that hunt. Because I think 
I, one thing I will give Dillingham credit for is I think he's a much better finisher than people realize because he's mm-hmm. just so quick and has, has such touch and such great body control at the rim. Um, no, I agree. I, I, I just think with Dillingham, the way that he creates and the setups are, are so good that like I, I still have him firmly above McCain, but I, I could see an argument for them being closer than, than maybe the public has them. Yeah, I mean, right now I could see Dillingham being like in the right situation, like a secondary offensive engine. And I say that mm-hmm. in a way of like, you give him the ball, he can create shots for himself. And others. I mean, again, I bring up Lou Williams, but Lou Williams wasn't like a main guy, like in terms of like a star per se, but he ran the Clippers bench units for a couple of years. Like he ran like units. Mm-hmm. Like that was what he did. He could come in and play along your stars as a floor spacer. I think Dillingham brings even more um, passing you know, from that end and from a small guard who can kind of heat up in a hurry. Um, but I think he is somebody who can like run an offense, I don't want to say on his own, but like be a a, a primary um, contributor there. Whereas I feel McCain is very solid in creating his own, but I feel in some way is playing off of others, right? He's making the basic reads on the offensive end. He can definitely get into a shot, but you know, he's going to play within the flow of a team. Whereas I think you can kind of put guys around, you know, Dillingham and then Dillingham will go out there and, 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 and make it happen from an offensive perspective. For sure. Um, and that's no disrespect to McCain because you're right, defensively there's some value in, in being able to hold up a little bit better and be solid there. But I do, like, I feel like Dillingham is so much more versatile, excuse me, on the offensive end mm-hmm. um, in terms of what he brings value-wise that, yes, defensively it is bad. Like, I mean, but it, it's effort. It's not like he's bad and, and sure. it's not trying. It, it's, it's some of the stuff he just can't control, you know? So I still feel like maybe... Um, McCain should be moved up a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Just given where he's been recently. But I think Rob is exactly where he should be. Awesome. Awesome. I'm right there with you. Let's move on to East Misi. I've got a feature coming out on him tomorrow. I love Misi. I think he is still kind of underrated by the general consensus. I think there's lottery value potentially here. Um, Misi is a seven foot tall freshman from Baylor. Uh, Awesome body, like already 235 pounds stellar athlete like very good vertical athlete very very good laterally awesome on switches so he's a guy who i see coming into the league and on the defensive end of the floor being incredibly scheme versatile um in drop he does need to polish up a little bit i worry about him like i i mean you worry about like everybody against Jokic and Embiid, but right now i think he bites on a lot of stuff in the post like he's gotta get better with his like on a post up just his positioning his discipline um, same, same thing with drop a little bit, like just kind of continuing to round that out. This is a guy that didn't start playing basketball until six years ago, though. So I'm not like losing sleep over this. I think he's going to put it together. Um, but great anticipation, a guy who can jump passing lanes at seven feet tall, which is something you just do not see very often. Uh, so whatever team, uh, uh, whatever scheme, rather, uh, an NBA team is going to want to play on the defensive end of the floor. I think Misi's going to be able to do it and do it really well. Um, his block rate just to dip down a little bit. But he did have a steal rate over 10 and a block, uh, I'm sorry, a block rate uh, over 10 and a steal rate over three as of the other day. Um, so he, that is something that among high major freshmen, I don't believe had been seen since Isaiah Jackson and then Joel Embiid before him. Like it's, wow. it's special to be able to create plays on the defensive end like that. Uh, it, it's just something you don't see very often, if ever. Um 
offensively it's 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 a really simple game he catches lobs and he dunks he is an extremely low assist guy which is concerning uh but i don't think he's selfish i think the role is just so play finisher oriented that like yeah you see a two percent assist rate and you're like whoa what <laughs> what's going on with that um yikes but yeah. but guys like jared allen and even i mentioned this in the article bam at bio had an assist rate of five in kentucky like Sometimes in college, bigs just do not get the chance to do anything other than finish plays. And I think with Baylor having like six guards that are all awesome, uh, that's just kind of the role he's put into. But a stellar lob catcher and a historically good offensive rebounder, like an outrageously good offensive rebounder, offensive rebounding rate over 20. The only other guy that I have that's been like a real prospect that's done that is Jared Vanderbilt in like the last 10 years. So really really special on the offensive glass just a guy that is a nightmare to cover because like you have to box him out every single play or else like he just will get a put back uh i thought he did great in the matchup against kyle filipowski you really ate him up i just love to use me i i see some on defense i see some nick claxton in there on offense i see some clint capella in there i think he's a long-term starting center even if he's a guy that struggles with the free throw line might not have all the polish in the world like i, I just buy it uh what's what's been sort of your journey with Misi? is he a guy that that you see as a starter or do you think hey maybe these field concerns maybe he's more of like a backup backup big or a guy who struggles to catch on yeah no I'm, I'm I like your comparison to both Nick Claxton and Capella I was thinking of a little bit um no Misi's solid I definitely say more like a backup at this point just because he feels kind of raw to me you know, and, and mind sure, you, his sure. game is still developing, and he's, again, another guy we talked about who hasn't been playing basketball for very long. So, you know, still getting it together. And considering all that, he's incredibly fluid, right? Good yeah. mobile guy, love his uh, activity, love his athleticism. Um, and I think, you know, good rim protector, but he does jump a lot. You know, like, you you nod your head up and he's flying by, you know? <laughs> and so, like, that is something that caught my eye for sure watching some tape. Mm-hmm. Um, And also, offensively, I mean, I definitely would like him to do more. At this point, Capella yeah. and to make perfect sense because he is literally a play finisher. I love his touch around the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope there's some potential with the jump shot, even if it's, like, free the line extent. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, that sort of uh hope there. But, yeah, right now, offensively, guy who can, you know, finish through contact, you know, playing the pick and roll, but he's he's more of your kind of get his buckets on putbacks and dump downs, things of that nature. Um, and defensively, yeah, I think you're right. Like, he's somebody – he can kind of wreak havoc there. He is quick. Like, he does get some good steals, and I, I definitely enjoy that. Um, and I think he has a good feel for when to roll to the rim and, totally. and catch yes. the ball on the way. There. I've, I've noticed that I really enjoyed um, – okay, this is when I go hard. This is when I kind of come down to let the guard snake in between. That sort of, mm-hmm. you know, rhythm – um, that most big men, it, it's, it's kind of touch and go, you know, for sure. And I think like something else I talked about in the article is like, there's a, a real degree of selflessness to his screening where mm. he is willing to just screen, rescreen, screen off the ball. And like a lot of bigs don't set good off ball screens in college because no. they're like, what am I getting? Out of this? I'm not rolling. I'm not getting this at the end of this action. So yeah. Yeah. And me see like, he does it. Like he, I think he, I think there's a real, just like, I'm going to do what I need to do to help my guards and help my team to help guys get shots. And I, I, that just, I don't know. I, I, I really value that. Um, Absolutely. I, yeah, I, I, I do understand your concerns with the feet. Cause like the one game just from like the, the, the flyby issue that I always think of was like against Florida. I think it was Tyree Samuel, their center. Who's like one of those college centers. Who's good. Like not great, but just a, a good college center. And there was a call like 
multiple post plays where he just got exactly where he wanted on UC. And it's like, that's scary. That's scary that a guy yeah. has never been like, oh yeah, he's an NBA player. It's just like, I will, I will use a pump fake here and I will get exactly you? what I want. Is there yeah. Ball? And not even like always the like flying by, but even like the subtle shift and now you're out of position and I have an up and under or, mm-hmm. you know, a different move because I literally like maneuvered you into a position because I know you have happy feet, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, but I think, but like for me, it's just for every one of those, there's a place where like Kyle Filipowski pump fakes on the perimeter and drives and does a spin move. And Misi's just sliding his feet with him the entire time and swaps mm-hmm. him to the rim. Like for every one of those, there's one, of, there's another one on the positive side. And I just get so excited with Misi because I feel like so many of the issues he has are common among young bigs. And I'm, I'm That's really fair. optimistic about what he's going to be. So I'm going to take one more break and we're going to get into the sicko session and talk about some sleepers. So stick with us. All right, so there was a guy that you brought up. I, I love both your sleepers this week, by the way. Um, one who has generated a lot of buzz lately is Hunter Salas at Wake Forest, who is a 6'5 guard, kind of like, I don't want to say came out of nowhere. He was a super highly touted recruit, top 15 uh, in his high school class, goes to Gonzaga, does some good stuff on defense, but just never really like gets into the starting lineup. Sort of a fine energy bench player, transfers to Wake Forest, and this year averaging 18 points per game. On uh, 47, 35, 79 splits. Uh, man, didn't really see this coming. I was kind of just expecting him to be a good college defender, and now he looks like he might be a lot more than that. Uh, what intrigues you about, about Hunter Salas? I would say the growing offensive skill set. You know, mm-hmm. um, like obviously, like the playmaking is something that maybe he needs to work on. But like in general, like yeah, solid shooter. But I, lo- I, I mean, I've loved his jump shot. I think he gets good elevation on it. But I, I really think that he is one of the better finishers that I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. And his ability to kind of get in and and be versatile in his movements and the way he gets to the basket, the way he finishes the basket, like he's become a lot better of a scorer. Where you're right, like okay, a defender, can he make a shot, keep you honest, that sort of thing you know, after his first year, but this year, maybe, you know, he put the work in. Like, there's so much more of a well-rounded offensive skill set, if mm-hmm. if nothing else, just for putting the ball in the basket. You know, I mean, knowing that, okay, at the next level, you get attack and close out. At the next level, you know, you can use your frame to your advantage in terms of finishing among the trees and, and finishing with craft. And, you know, I love his athleticism. Putting it all together that way, I think, has really helped him out in a, in a big way offensively. And I think that's helped him up. That, and of course, you know, being a, a, a good perimeter defender. You know, quick hands, pesky, annoying, that sort of thing. So basically what you said, what he brought defensively, but bringing in that increased offensive skill set, I, I think has really been cool to see. And I, I got to agree, I wasn't quite expecting it, you know? Yeah, he's he's always been a good defender. Like he's always had the, the, the length, the quickness, kind of the grit and toughness. That's always been part of his game. Absolutely. Uh, as a heads up, my daughter just got done with bath time, so you're about you're about um, to hear a lot of a lot of running around and partying in the good. background going on <laughs> there. Uh, but Salas is, I, I think the biggest thing that stands out too is just like how he's better leveraging those athletic tools on the offensive end. Um, yeah. I love like the speed and change of direction, especially off the ball to like set up his cuts. Now that he's shooting, and and I would say where I'm a little bit more dubious, where I don't have Salas in, in, in draftable range quite yet, but I think he can get there, obviously. Um, is he, he's about 35% from three. The volume is good. He's taking almost six a game, but now now that he's taking those threes and he's getting that respect from defenses, he can use that to cut back to the rim. He's so seamless in how he changes direction. He's got massive explosion off two feet. Like 
he's really putting that together. And and you mentioned like the ball skills thing. It's it's kind of lagging behind a little bit for where you want it to be for a guy who's like uh, Chuck from Chucking Darts will use the phrase occasionally like a not quite wing. We're like, <laughs> like a little undersized to be like a yeah. two two three. He's probably just a two at the NBA level. Um, but I I think that's in there it's definitely getting better he's seeing the floor a little bit more he does have that kind of wiggle in athleticism punch combination uh who do you kind of see his game at the nba level like comparable to like do you see him as like almost like a grayson allen type which i know like everyone hates grayson allen so maybe not the best comp but like yeah. one of those like athletic shooting guards is kind of like defense first and kind of fills in the gaps is a, a finisher and shooter like what what do you kind of see him doing in the nba yeah, I kind of feel like that's a good fit. I'm trying to think of, I feel like there's been a few of those guards in Brooklyn. Um, like you said, like, a, yeah, like a there's snout. way more of him than I thought. Like, mm-hmm. I was like starting to go through just like NBA player list, and I was like, there's kind of more guys in this role than I would have anticipated. Yeah, or like a more comp- offensive competent, like Dennis Smith in a way. Sure, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wish that's one thing I wish he had more bulk. You know, yeah, as well. Yes, like I the, agree. You know, if, you, if he was like 215, 220 pounds, yeah. I'd feel awesome about him. Exactly. Because even then, if he's not playing to three because of size, he at least can hold up from a strength perspective. Whereas mm-hmm. right now, like you say, he's a two. But I feel like like an undersized guard, but someone who's going to still – or not undersized guard, a, a good-sized guard, undersized wing, but somebody mm-hmm. who's going to kind of get after it defensively um, and make you pay on the offensive end. You know, I, I'm going to go Dennis Smith Jr. I think Dennis Smith Jr. is a guy – I'm not similar size-wise in that way, but mm-hmm. close enough. But, like, offensively, I like – um, his game a little bit more um, mm-hmm. than Smith's, at least for what he brings off the table um, yep. from the jump. But that same, like, I, if Dennis Smith Jr. was a few, and st- like, he can hold up still. He's a bigger, older yeah. player at this stage of his career, more in his prime. But, like, you know, when he first came, if he, the versatility showed defensively, I thought was solid. For sure. So. <laughs> for sure. Um, next thing we're talking about is a guy who definitely has that bulk, a guy that I really like. I know uh, Matt Powers uh, from Versailles is, is a guy who's tweeted about him. Uh, Tam and Lipsy at Iowa State uh, is a guy I wanted to talk about. I love this dude. Uh, listed at 6'1", probably not 6'1", but <laughs> I, I, do, I do think he is 200 pounds, which is, is what he's listed at. Uh, leads Iowa State in like every statistical category. He's 14.7 points per game, almost six boards per game, despite that height, six assists. 3.4 steals per game, shooting almost 40% from three after being 20% on less than one attempt per game a year ago. I just love this dude. I am like Mr. Anti-Small Guard. With Lipsy, he is so competitive, so smart, so slithery, but still so strong. Uh, I love the improvement with the jump shot. I think it's one of those things that like speaks volumes about a player when they get that much better at shooting in that short of a time span. Um I just think he's good at everything and super competitive and has that body type that small guards need to stick. Like, I don't want to say he's Fred Van Vliet because I think that's like a really high end outcome, but I think there's a lot of similarities between the two. I think Tam and Lipsy, I, I think I had him at like 64 on my board. The more I think about him, the more I'm just like, I think I'm going to put him in draft four range the next time I make a four because like, oh, wow, okay. I, I just buy it. Uh, everyone else I talked to is like, mm, I'm still not so sure about the shot. He's still really small. Do you want to talk me off the ledge on Lipsy or are you someone that also kind of sees a, a long-term future for him? I'm positive on him. I will say that. Okay. Like I have loved the fact that, like you said, he has been someone who is smart. He's a solid guard who gets you in your offense. And he's, he's somebody who can run the show, but 
is a connector. Like, he doesn't mind making a pass to get in the move, even if he's not involved in the primary action, and still making a smart read to keep the offense humming. And I think that's really smart. It speaks to his basketball IQ, you know, in terms of yeah. that level. But he's always getting them kind of into their offense and, and controlled. Defensively, he gets a lot of steals. Gotta love that. Offensively, I was worried because if you're a small guard who's shaky on a shooter, yeah. Yikes. No, no we, margin for error. No margin no, for error. No, not at all. You're right. And so Fred Van Vliet would be like an amazing high end outcome because a high motor, mm-hmm. a guy who's active defensively, you know, a solid playmaker and a very good shooter. And so that's why, you know, the improvement he's made true in basketball this season has been great. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely something that I'm excited about. Now, is it enough? I mean, the numbers are, are better. Uh, yeah. but I, I need them to be, I'm not saying you need to be like a knockdown shooter at 6'6'1, six, six, but. You, I mean, let's kind of do. It's not six yeah. That's what I'm gonna say. You, you yeah. kind of do. Like, you just do, and and it is what it is. You know, and mm-hmm. he's not quite there yet. If it continues, then you can make a case for it. And for he's sure. a guy that you know. I'm trying to think. He's of what sophomore. He's got time. Like exactly. He doesn't you know, have to be this year. No, and I think a better case for another year of experience of that. You know, you you continue to make you know improvements on your shooting. You've obviously obviously shown that that's something that you can put the work in that's been done for you. And I think you know bumped up another three four percent points, right? At mm-hmm. that point, you know, if we're talking 38, 39, okay, you know, then we go, yeah. okay, Bass by IQ, the intangibles he brings in, the fact he'll compete on the defensive end, the high motor, and he's shooting around 40% from three. Like, mm-hmm. that's enough for me to take a shot on you and feel good about that, you know? For sure. Whereas right now, eh, like, I, I feel better. I, if I did, yeah. it wouldn't be like a total bad, like, you know, undrafted, two-way guy, something like that. I'm not mad at it. But mm-hmm. I'm definitely not like quite like on the board just yet. Although I've really loved his game this season. Yeah. I think that's more than reasonable. Uh, (laughs) Let's get to Harrison Ingram at North Carolina. This is one of the guys that you brought up. I, I like what I've seen from him a lot. Like a guy six, eight two thirty, just has that NBA size on him. I think he's gotten a little bit better athletically, uh, but the real big difference for him this year has been the shot Uh, 13.1 points per game, 43% from the field. But a career high from three, 42.6% from three. Still struggling at the free throw line, 60.8% the free throw line. But he does everything else. Almost seven boards a game, 2.6 assists to 1.4 turnovers. Always been a marvelous decision maker and has a good handle for his size. That was there at Stanford. Um, Looking a lot better on defense, too. Good steal and block rates. What do you attribute? Like, Because I've got him like 40s right now, 30s, 40s. what do you attribute like people being lower on him too? Is it just like an anchoring bias thing or like, what do you, what do you think is going on here? I feel like he's almost like a do it all. Kind of, you see do it all, all around game, but yet you see him there like consistently. I feel like mm-hmm. maybe specializing in one of those things really well, Sure. you know, like he's somebody potentially, I think, you know, big wing forward, you know, can kind of play two, three, maybe a little bit of four, can shoot a little bit, you know, knows how to kind of keep the ball moving. He knows the game, you know, flashes some playmaking, some scoring. I just feel like it's not all there consistently. And maybe yeah. that's what I've noticed. Like some mm-hmm. games, okay, shooting the, 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 as we said, well, the ball, he's shooting the ball really, really well. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, other games, like he's a, uh, good guy in terms of creating his own shot, getting to the mid-range, finishing around the basket. I think with his build, like, he can be a problem down there. Um, I just think consistency-wise, it's not altogether there. And maybe that's a thing because he's been really good as a ball handler, yeah. pick and roll. So you mm-hmm. look at him as a possible good playmaker. I love his um, feel, I feel like. Like, it's gotten better. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just as a point forward, which is why I think he more is at this point in my mind, he's not as – he almost reminds me of a – Nope, I'm gonna say it's not even a, a comparison. It's a type. It's the, this type of play, yeah. Like a Harrison Barnes, and I sure. said in the sense of like, okay, you you have the skills for this, but like, 
I just don't see it all the time. But mm-hmm. you're consistent. But it's not great. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like he's never he's never terrible. Like I never yeah. watch a game and I'm like Harrison Ingram is killing North Carolina right now. But yeah. there's some games where like, he's just really not making shots, and it's like, yeah. okay, well, like, uh, like now the defense isn't respecting you, and like you've got this other stuff that you can do, but like. I don't know. Is it like moving the needle in, in a real yeah. way? Like, and then he's not really aggressive in my mind that much. We're not assertive in that way. And I don't yeah. know if that's like because of his shot, because you're right. He's not a very, like a very good shooter, but I feel like leveraging the playmaking feel that he does have by being able to be more consistent on the offensive end from a scoring perspective. I don't know. It was, that's a great question. Cause it was so weird watching it to go. What is it that I'm not like by all accounts, I should like him a lot more. And yet mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's hard for me to imagine like not being more excited about a guy who's like six foot eight with like a near two to one assist turnover ratio that's like forty percent from three. But it's just like the fear of the past years, the free throw stuff, and like the off games, like where the shot isn't falling. It's like, yeah, you do not enough other stuff, but like I feel like he needs that shot given like where he's at athletically. Like he's just a pretty good athlete, and that's yeah. And I'm not a like I'm by no means a shot doctor. I shoot. I'm I'm I very much have like a. Kevin Martin kind of shot, so I'm not here to talk about that <laughs> in that way. But mm-hmm. I feel like his lower body is super stiff when he shoots. Mm-hmm. And so it makes yeah. it a shot that isn't versatile. It's a very super stiff like set shot. So the offensive creation for its own shot isn't super great. And also, like, it needs a moment. Like, it's not something that just – it's not even like a Tyrus Halliburton with the set shot, but he can get that thing gone. Like, mm-hmm. you need a second. And it's not Kyle Anderson's shooting. <laughs> but it's no, not it's not it's not like a quick shot either. And so I think just from what I've seen, like his shot looks good up top from what I've seen, but I do feel like the base is not as fluid. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I I think again in this like I know this is a kind of a, a frustrating point to come back to from like a team side, but I think with like evaluating prospects, it's important. Like these kind of guys do get multiple chances usually. Like I think about a guy like Delano Banton, who like, you know, kind of came out of the gate really well for Toronto fell out of favor. And like now it's in Boston is like getting an opportunity there. Like I do think when you are a certain size, if you have high feel, you just kind of don't like, you're not going to totally stink. And I think that's kind of worth something like the not embarrassing himself factor at the NBA level is, is going to be a real thing for him. But I think that will help. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I can agree with that for sure. Uh, so let's close it out with Kevin Cross at Tulane. Uh, wild, wild year for him. He's had two 20-plus point triple doubles uh, this season. Super well-rounded, another kind of point-forward type guy. Uh, 16 points, almost eight boards, and five assists per game. Uh, about 2.3 total stocks per game. A guy I wrote about in my column on unique players. Um I really like Kevin Cross and I think he's just six, eight and like absolutely knows how to play. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for thriving as the leading man and, and leading creator for this two lane team, but also having his best defensive season to date. I, he's a graduate. So he is an older player and I think that's going to hurt him a little bit. Um, but he's six, eight. He really knows how to play. He's showing an increased level of versatility on defense. I think he's played a lot tougher this year, both around the rim on defense, but also as a finisher, uh, I, I just really like his mental makeup as a whole. I think he's a really sharp player. I think he's a competitive player, um, always looking to get other guys involved. And I do think this is a role that can scale down pretty well, just because we've seen it with so many just power forwards that can swing the ball. The shot has to be a more consistent thing is, is the big hang up. Uh, always been really low volume from three. Uh, good free throw shooter over the course of his career. 
37.5% from three this year, but only taking two a game. He's going to have to take more threes at the NBA level. But I think he's a guy that like, look at how many teams are now running actions where they, they give it to guy at the elbow or earth and nail or things like that. And then from there, that player makes a decision or they screen and then make a decision from there. That is a guy who can do those things well on offense. I worry about his physical strength scaling up. I worry about the three. But I think if nothing else, he's probably like a two-way guy. And I think if he gets hot during the combine process, he's a guy who could get drafted. Um, any any kind of takeaways for you on, on Kevin Cross? I kind of agree. I agree. Like a solid mm-hmm. kind of fill-in-the-blanks guy. You know, good passer. Um, I think that jump shot's definitely something that he's improved. Because if not, I feel like mm-hmm. he's going to be like a tweener, a classic tweener, like the worst way. You yes. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like he's not – he doesn't have the strength to play the – Five. He's already going to be kind of skinny for an NBA four. Like he's one of those guys that's like listed at two twenty five, but you look at the body and it's not like he's not like a chiseled two twenty five. And like some of it, like he some games he kind of just looks like a little lanky out there too. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't love the frame. Yeah, and players are, can be he can struggle to defend like quicker players too sometimes. I in, worry in about moments. who he guards. Yeah, yeah like that's, that's the amazing. thing. Is like. I, I think he knows what's happening when, when you're that big and you know what's going on on the court. Like that, that goes a long way, but yeah, I, I think bigger guys can kind of get where they want against him. And I don't love him against like NBA guards. So no, I don't. That's what I'm saying. If you get shoot, like again, like shooting, you're a big man, you can shoot great. Like, you know, it's one mm-hmm. of those things where a bigger player, that can shoot. And then like some of the effort is there and the IQ is there. And like you said, the intangibles of him being a guy, you know, what he brings from, you know, playmaking from the elbow or some action that can kind of get him involved there and then hide him on one of your lesser defensive perimeter threats, um, mm-hmm. you know, that that might work for him. But right now, like, if you can't consistently shoot and, like, free throw line is great, but you're not aggressive enough to even get there on a regular basis anyway. So uh-huh. it's just – it's one of those things that I definitely worry about. And defensively, that's kind of the big thing for me. It's, okay, well, like, you bring effort, but where exactly do you fit? Like, how, what is your mm-hmm. case for being on the floor, you know? And, yeah. And, and it's level. And I, I – and it's tricky too, because like Tulane plays him at the five on defense, and it's like that's not what you're gonna do. No, like you know what no. I mean? Like it's just like it, it makes it like a tricky evaluation because it's like yeah. there's no way Mm-mm. that like Mm-mm. he cannot play the five in the NBA. Like he just no. But I think if he shoots I mean, he it could, but, during mm. the pre-draft process, it's just like I think a team's gonna take him. Like there's six eight guy averaging five assists a game is wild. Like yeah. that is not something you see very often. Mm-mm. Like he is so so smart. Um. I just think that's worth something. Like I, yeah, I think it's a connected big man playmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at with him. So we're we're gonna wrap it up right there, Corbin. Thank you so much. Like it's it's been a, a blast to have you on the show. Where oh, can yeah. people find you and, and find your work? Well, first off, Maxwell, thank you so much again. Big fan of you and your work. Big fan of all the folks at, at No Ceilings. I, I I love it. So definitely want to give a shout out there. Thank y'all. Um, sure. and then you can find me on on Twitter x um at Corbin NBA C O R B A N. NBA. Um, check out Roster Reconstruction with Switch Theory. Check out Round Ball Ramble on Sports Ethos. But a lot of podcasting. I love doing it. love talking. Mm-hmm. These conversations are great. Hopefully some more writing in the future. But that's you can find me there on Instagram as well. Although if you go to Instagram, it's really just so I can get the follows. I'm, I'm not an Instagram person. <laughs> Shameless either, plug there. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm an old, mm-hmm. old person when it comes to Instagram. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Make sure you're following me on Twitter as well at Boundboards, B-A-U-M Boards. Follow No Ceilings on Twitter at No Ceilings NBA and subscribe to NoCeilingsNBA.com Substack. Um, I'm going to plug my Use Misi column. That'll be out by the time you're listening to this, most likely. Also, we're going to please for uh, No Ceilings Plus this week, some more spreadsheet sleepers, some more guys that are profiling really well statistically that are not getting a lot of buzz right now. Kind of going more multi-year and focusing on really high field players this week. 
Okay. Uh, so stay tuned for that on No Ceilings Plus. Uh, but yeah, I think that'll do it. Corbin, thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, thank you to everybody for tuning in. We'll see you all next week. Have a great day.